The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. To connect with Empirical Investing Radio, please call 1-866-472-5790. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon and welcome to Empirical Investing Radio. This is Ken Smith sitting with Ethan Broga. Ethan and I are certified financial planners. I have a master's degree in financial analysis, and Ethan has one in financial planning. We are partners in Seattle-based wealth management company, Empirical Wealth Management. And this show is designed to share with you prudent investing and financial planning ideas to help you make a lifetime of smarter financial decisions. If you'd like to call in the program, you can reach us. uh, This is live today, and uh, you can join in if you want. You can dial in at 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790. You can shoot us an email throughout the program, contact at empiradio.com, contact at empiradio.com. If you want to contact us throughout the rest of the work week, we are in the Empirical Towers, some of us seven days a week. Uh <laughs> You can reach us one eight hundred nine two three four three zero seven, and uh, feel free to ask for Ken or Ethan. We'd love to talk to you about your personal financial situation. See if we can uh, assess and and uh, help you any way we can. You can also shoot us an email at. Uh, you can contact me directly at ksmith at empirical dot net. Ethan, if you want to chime in on what the other things we're doing and how we can help people in your contact. Yeah, lots of lots of ways we can help. Um, be lovely. Be, we can do something as, as simple as uh, uh, getting a second opinion in your current portfolio. Uh, be very easy for us to get Eric involved. Eric's our, our internal analyst here. See exactly what asset classes you have in the portfolio. Maybe things that you have um, maybe too much of, things you don't have enough of, things you might be missing, and compare and contrast that to a type of portfolio we would run for you. Um, we also have the ability to run retirement plans uh, in the context of your overall. Uh, objectives and goals, and combine that with uh, a tax plan and an investment plan. Uh, those things are very important to us, obviously, and probably important to you, and we think the most value can be derived from all of them by coordinating them together in a one cohesive plan. So if you'd like to talk one-on-one, feel free to give us a call. Again, the number here uh, is 206-923-3474. Uh, ask to speak with Ken or Ethan, or you can speak with me via email, too, at ebroga at empirical.net. All right. Hey, Ethan, I thought we could uh, start with a quick overview of the market for the week. Sure. A couple of ideas or suggestions on how to navigate through this current market uh, cycle. And then switch gears to a more retirement planning discussion because I continue to believe that planning for retirement 
And saving for retirement is one of the top issues that our country uh, should be dealing with. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear from the data that we see that it is one of those issues in which um, a large group of us are not prepared for. Right. So I thought we'd talk about some uh, studies that were published recently, a study that was done, um, and some general ideas on saving to share with our listeners. If you haven't done, gone online and found a retirement calculator, we can run some numbers here. We'll talk through those with you today. And uh, anything else you want to talk about, depending on how much time we have, Ethan, All right. related to that. Um, I just want to comment that you know today the, the market was up 188 points, a dramatic rebound on the Dow Jones, S&P 500 up 21.79, closing today at 1773.43. But if we look at the year-to-date numbers so far this year, it's uh, it's been a pretty tough period of time here. We're down about 5.72% on the Dow Jones, 4% on the S&P uh, 500 index. And if we look at large growth, down about 3.2. Large value, down 4.6 almost. Small cap growth, down 4.2. Small value, down uh, 5.8. The EFA index, International Developed Country Index, is down around 4.17% year-to-date. Emerging markets are down again, and the news continues to be uh, negative about the emerging markets component of the stock market, Ethan. Mm-hmm. It's down 7.82% year-to-date. Uh, that puts it over the last rolling 12-month period ending uh, January uh, 30th. It um, We are down around uh, 10.31% on the emerging markets. And the world stock market down a little bit over 4% the year, a little bit more than the S&P 500, um, but uh, not much more. Uh, gold is up 4.65 year-to-date. Um, over the last 12 months, gold is still down about 25%. And relative to the S&P 500 over that last year period, it is up 17.28%, the S&P um, and oil, Ethan, is down 3.88% for the year, 8% uh, uh, 8% for the last 12 months, 38 year-to-date. Interest rates, uh, if we take a look at what's happened here, the Treasury, five-year Treasury this week, 1.51%, 10-year Treasury, 2.7%. Um, the yield, uh, AAA corporates yielding the five-year at 1.61%, the 10-year AAA corporates average 33 to three percent, and um, slightly down actually from the previous week. And uh, if we look at the prime rate, still three point two five. Thirty-year um, mortgage average four point two six, down from four point three one last week. Mm-hmm. And I think that covers it. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> One interesting thing I think uh, looking at the. The difference just today, obviously, the market was up quite a bit. The Dow Jones, you mentioned, up 188 points, uh, quite a large jump one day. And on a percentage basis, that's about 1.2 percent. Uh, and indeed, uh, most of the asset classes in the U.S. were up about that about that amount among large cap anyway. Uh, small caps up around 1 percent in general. Uh, international stocks, who really were have been under some pressure here recently, the last couple of days especially, uh, up 1.8 percent, almost 2 percent for the day. And then emerging markets up over over 2 percent just for today. 
2.15%. They're actually positive for the week, um, for last week ending today's market close. Oh, right. Uh, emerging markets are up about 1%. Well, the S&P is down about 1.16 for the week. Interesting. Week over week numbers. Mm-hmm. So a lot of speculation and discussion about what's going on in the market yeah. and uh, whether this is just a healthy and needed pullback after a substantial run-up last year. And, and in fact, over the previous few years that we've come off the market uh, disaster, as I would call it, that, uh, <laughs> bottomed in 2009, All right. is it reasonable the market would it's take a break? Um, or, as you see in the media, there's a lot of discussion about the emerging markets and some of the struggles and some of those markets... Um, being a reflection of the uh, quantitative, you know, the pullback on the quantitative easing and what that may mean. Mm-hmm. Our view, again, is stay focused on the longer run, understand very clearly what your objectives are in the time frame. And, um, you know, sometimes you have low interest rate environment, we do now, and sometimes you have a situation where markets appear to be more volatile than others, and we have these pullbacks. But as long as you understand what your time frame and your objectives are and what you need to do on your end, uh, there's no need to disrupt a very disciplined and well-thought-out investment plan. Um, in fact, you you need to execute by rebalancing, and if you're saving money, continuing to save and add in those areas that uh, are the furthest from their targets. Mm-hmm. At this point, if it was an all-equity portfolio, you'd probably be you would have been pulling some money out of emerging markets as it done substantially better than the rest of the market over the last few years. Um, other than just your uh, simply adjusting how much you're putting in emerging markets, they become a bigger part of the world investable markets. And I think they deserve, uh, because of that, they deserve a bigger place in the portfolio. But outside of that, your systematic rebalancing is what I'm referring to. Right. Any other comments on the the market overview, Ethan? Concerns, uh, no. feelings. Well, it's not great to have a, data. A, have the, the year start like it has. You know, everything's pretty much down across the board for the most part, except gold. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it is okay that we have pullbacks once in a while, and I think that is probably overall a healthier thing for the market in general. Even though going through the market isn't isn't uh, always a lot of fun. I certainly, think it's worse. Uh, it'll be more painful, but uh, it's really reasonable, I think, given the run up we've had in the last two years. Hey, we we like to put uh, questions out that we get, Ethan, on the show. And I, before we move away from the investment topic here, one of the questions I recently got from a couple that I was meeting was, as an investment strategy, do you believe it's a good idea to focus on uh, sector ETFs? Oh, that's a good question. Sure. You want to take a crack at that? Yeah, I can probably talk a little bit about okay. it. You may have a more elaborate uh, and detailed, per usual, explanation. But uh, yeah. at, at this point, Ethan, there are several several investment ETF vehicles out there mm-hmm. to choose from yeah, and literally hundreds, mm-hmm. if not into the thousands at this point, where you can dissect the market and invest in almost every possible category. Things like healthcare, sector funds, sure. single countries, um, a lot of ways to divide up that market. And so that I can see why that would be a reasonable question for someone to ask. Right. Hey, there may be certain industries or sectors that I that are doing better than others. Should we be emphasizing or de-emphasizing those? Right. 
It would be the same type of uh, answer, in my view, as to, well, hey, there are certain stocks doing better than other stocks. Shouldn't we own those stocks? And to me, that isn't a real a good way to, to acquire diversification in the portfolio. Certainly, I think if you're talking between you know, sectors versus stocks, and I, I think sectors are, I guess, better, mainly because they're more diversified into themselves, but they really contain the same type of risk uh, that investing in individual stocks has uh, in a lot of ways, other than the absolute risk. In other words, if a, a stock goes to zero, well, that isn't likely to happen in a, in a sector type of fund. But the question is, will you have better returns over time by investing either in an individual stock or uh, an individual uh, sector ETF? And in the long run, the answer probably is no. You simply will take on more risk along the way. Um, there, should, there isn't an expectation or, or a, uh, an economic reason to expect higher returns from a specific sector fund, for example, than the market at large, in my view. At least the best way that we've been able to determine to dissect returns or explain return differences really comes from, again, value versus growth stocks and small versus large, and, and not what sector they're in. Um, if they're, you're investing in a particular sector, that can do well or do poorly, depending on what type of money you're looking at. So I don't think it's the best way to, to look at the market. You know, if you're looking to get better returns, is that the way to do it? I don't think so. We've, we've seen other research that's been done that, that explains pretty clearly that it's not that that, that gives you um, better performance over time. It's, again, the, the small versus large, the growth versus value stuff. And if you look over the last year, Ethan, I'm going to play the devil's advocate here for a second. Okay. If you look over the last year, and I linked onto Morningstar's ETF um, tracking, uh, you've got some ETFs here that one up 504%, the ProShares Global Listed Private Equity. Wow. Uh, ProShares Ultra NASDAQ Biotechnology, a leveraged equity ETF, up 145% in the last year. Wow. Um, Velocity Shares three times inverse silver ETN or exchange traded notes up 118%. The Guggenheim Solar ETF. Uh, up 110%. I'm just giving you a few. There's the Daily Healthcare Bull three times uh, leveraged share, the Direction Daily. Uh, it's up 102% almost uh, wow. over the last 12 months. Yeah. I can see where that might be a good question. Here you have uh, Market Vector Solar Energy Fund is up 80%. And so you might, you, you look at some of these top performing funds, and now, like I said, that every possible They've got the dynamic biotech and genome fund. So we look at a lot of different industries groups. We're going to have to take a quick break. When we come back, I, I'd like to talk a little more about this ETF uh, issue. So we'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Did you ever stop to think that financial health can be a lot like physical health? 
The financial physician, Luce Katigna, has helped people on the radio for nearly 15 years. And now he's part of the Voice America Business Channel. By using medical analogies to discuss financial solutions, Lou actually makes the process easier to understand and will help you chart your own financial fitness. Tune in to The Financial Physician, live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, and on demand anytime on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right, welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. Your co-host here, Ethan Broga, alongside Ken Smith. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we're entering our second segment. And again, we're just talking about uh, ETS before the break here. And you are uh, sounding like to play devil's advocate a little bit here. Is that, is that right? Well, I was just saying, yeah, exactly. And I'm looking at some of these returns. You're telling me um, that you don't believe that rotating in and out of these sector ETFs is a great way to enhance your return. And yet I'm going through funds here over the last 12 months that are up in excess of 100% returns right. over 12 months. Sure. That's pretty exciting stuff. Um, no argument there. You know, and uh, looks like the healthcare area has done pretty well. Mm-hmm. So what, what, why wouldn't I want to get a little piece of that? Yeah, I, th- I think if you're looking at uh, the, the ETFs and saying, well, these are the ones I've done well in the past, did the last year as an example. Um, the issue is this. There isn't, there isn't any indication that those same funds will produce the same returns over the next year, for example. So how does that help? How, knowing the past performance of those funds, how does that help you gain better returns over the next year, as an example? Well, you're supposed to get me in the ones that are going to do well next year. Right. That would no, be good. That would be ideal, right? If I, we That'd all had a crystal nice. ball that worked, that would be a very, very easy situation, and obviously that would be a very nice outcome. But, of course, in reality, everybody's crystal ball is, guess what, a little bit, well, very cloudy, in fact. Um, and, therefore, the, that information you have is not useful in terms of making better investment decisions, in my view. Just tell me, hey, looking at the rearview mirror, what's happened, does not help you make better future decisions. Uh, there has to be a better way to do it. And uh, I think, which we talked about earlier in the last segment, was, which was finding the difference of returns or explaining the difference of returns over long term is, again, a function of other things, not somebody's ability to time the market or pick the right stocks or rotate sectors or whatever else it is. Because it simply can't be done well enough to, to get excess returns. Right. And I would add, Ethan, in conclusion on this discussion, one of the things you have to be very cognizant of, a lot of these funds I'm reading uh, happen to be sector, but they're also leveraged. Right. So when you th- see things like two or three or four times, uh, it's because they're either using derivatives to leverage or, or uh, get additional, uh, well, leverage would be the best way of describing it. So. Mm-hmm. Rather than a one-for-one move of that particular security, if the security moves 1%, you would expect a 3% move. And, and for example, there's the ProShares Ultra Short uh, MSCI Brazil uh, Fund BZQ here. And it, today it was down 
um, 6.39%. Okay, one day. that's in one, one single day, right? right. And I have the 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 uh, indicate, feeling that it, there's what they're doing in that is shorting. I haven't, I'm not familiar with that particular fund, but right. so they're going taking an opposite position. So on a day when the market, in this case, and emerging markets did okay, um, that's a pretty big chunk. So for anything to be able to, for a security to be able to move up 100 percent in one year in a time where the general stock market wasn't doing that. That should be your first alert system, not your first green light to go ahead and load up on that. Um, <laughs> right. And so I always caution investors, if something can go up at that rate um, in a diversified pool of equities, we would expect that there is a positive skew to the returns. We have some negative years that will go along, but more years than not, we have positive years. And those positive returns you know, over time outweigh the negatives and we wind up having a positive compound return historically on a diversified basket. Mm-hmm. But the the more volatile something is on the upside, chances are it also has that uh, the ability to see some significant declines. And if you are using the approach of, well, what's done well? Because I can you can see these lists, the Wall Street Journal lists, the top performing yeah. They go by the top performing stocks, top performing funds over one month, one three months, or one year, and you can look at that. Part of the reason they're doing that is to to bring you, to your attention what's doing very well, what's not. I'm assuming as an investment idea, as an investment theme or a theory, um, and you'd want to be very cautious about simply looking at the positive experience over a short period of time and not. You'd be naive to not assume that these things couldn't drop 50 or 60% like that. Sure. And you see that when you see one fund dropping 6% a day. Yeah, and I think it's, um, it's, it's one thing to have a exposure to one sector, for example, let's say like biotech or something. Uh, maybe you think that biotech's great, and you know, over the last year or so, it has some very well, even relative to the market, in a good period of time. Um, but let's say, you, hey, I, I really like biotech. You, you're really saying that the rest of the market is, has, doesn't have the same information that you do. In essence, by by, yeah. by betting only on that particular part of the market, or overweighting it relative its relative to its exposure in the marketplace, and then to take that a step further and say, I'm not only going to bet more by owning only biotech in this example, but I'm going to go up and go ahead and leverage it as well. I'm going to leverage up two or three or four times, just so I can know it's going to work out. It's a very 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 risky situation, and a lot of times it can backfire because you obviously as an individual don't have as much information as the whole market does. And right. market, market thinks market market expectations are what they are. So betting against that is, is a pretty dangerous situation, in my view. Well, I, I couldn't agree more with you, Ethan. I really appreciate you sharing that. <laughs> um, let's transition now into this retirement discussion. Now, President Obama um, <laughs> created a new investment vehicle um, called MyRA. I don't know if it's Myra. Aiming to help workers save with the tax advantages of a Roth IRA, about according to statistics here, Ethan, about fifty percent of Americans do not have access to traditional retirement accounts like a four hundred one k, which have become the popular investment vehicle of choice for most companies. They've phased out and moved away from the what we would refer to as defined benefit plans. These ideas of uh, pensions that the employee works, they're accumulating some targeted pension, which typically is based on some percentage of earnings, mm-hmm. over whether it's final pay or average of pay, over their lifetime. 
that was a very traditional approach companies providing retirement. And then you have Social Security that would supplement that pension as well. Mm-hmm. In that case, you wouldn't have a large balance of investments unless you invested separately in your own buckets. Right. And up to this point, at least in recent histories, you've had the recent history. You've had the choice or the option of investing in a traditional IRA account, and depending on your income, you could potentially get a tax deduction for making a contribution to that at a very limited amount. Mm-hmm. I think even today we're up to what fifty five hundred for someone who's of uh, below fifties. Uh, right. That's correct. Uh, a younger person could spend, put that amount in, so not not an enormous amount. Or you could, in recent times. I know this is one of your questions. When did the Roth IRA account first appear? That's right. And I think it was what nineteen ninety seven. That's that's correct. Is that correct? That is right. Do I get do I get a prize? You hand out fifty prize trillion dollars for you, Ken. Zimbabwe notes. I'll run back and get making that for it you. rain. Zimbabwe notes in these in these uh, educational presentations you do, Ethan. I think it's great, and I appreciate that about you. It's your your flair that uh, we all love so much. I mean, why had just one piece of flair? Yeah. <laughs> Why just do the minimum? Exactly. And, I, and that's what I appreciate about you. So you have the Roth. You have the, the if you're um, not working in a in a environment where there's a, a plan. I was a little surprised to see that it's 50% of Americans don't have access to a, a company-sponsored plan. So Obama had announced you know, he's trying to put something in place, a uh, uh, the my Re- retirement my RA account, which would be. Uh, more like in a Roth IRA in that you would put after-tax money into it, but you wouldn't have to be connected to a, um, you know, connected to a, a company plan. And um, go ahead. Yeah, I mean that 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 itself sounds, sounds kind of nice. I mean, a, you get access to it. And if you don't have access to it, that makes it valuable, obviously. One other thing, if you if you change employers and things, it sounds like this would just stay in one place. So. The money would be continually contributed to it as you have wages and things, but it wouldn't. You wouldn't have to open up a, a new four hundred and one k or whatever work for each employer, as an example. Um, so that's kind of a neat thing, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. One of the things I'm I'm still trying to get my arms around is the way that they're calculating the investments. Mm-hmm. Um, the my RA account will feature one investment option, which would be a treasury bond that will offer the same variable interest rate return as as the benefit federal employees get. Uh, when they enroll in the Thrift Savings Plan, the Government Securities Investment Fund, that fund had an annual return of 1.47, according to the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. In 2012, with an annual uh, rate of return of 3.61% from 2003 through the 2012 year, clearly your investment principal would be protected, but um, you, you, you wouldn't have an enormous uh, opportunity for investment gain there. Yes, right. That's true. But I think it's a great thing to encourage, um, particularly on a, on a national basis, to have a president encouraging people to retire, save for their retirement. Um, you know, I, I think that's that's a positive thing, and I think everyone should be looking, no matter where they are in in life, as they start to earn income, starting at the earliest age, uh, build in a process of deferring a portion of of what you earn into savings. And so one of the uh, articles that I was scanning through that uh, I like reading Jason Zweig's columns, yeah, and he talks about retiring on your own terms and uh, why you should save 22 times your annual income. 
And we're going to have to take a break here in a, in a minute, Ethan, but when we come back from the break, we'll get deeper into, he cites a study that I have right here, about a 20-page study called a Pension Promise to Oneself uh, by two analysts that was published in the Financial Analyst Journal, Volume 69. And um, why don't we take a break? We'll come back to what Jason has to say and, and then our own thoughts, and I'll throw out some numbers if you're sitting there wondering what you should be saving. We'll be right back on investing, uh, Empirical Investing Radio. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management. Inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at EmpiricalFS.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Are you a decision maker in your organization, a mid-level manager, or a team member? Stepping Stones to Everyday Success with host Kimberly Stewart is a program designed to provide you with tidbits and tools you need to achieve results no matter where you are in your organizational structure. Interaction is key, and you'll have opportunities to share your ideas, comments, and questions. Listen to Stepping Stones to Everyday Success, live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right, thanks for joining us, uh, Empirical Investing Radio. Your host here, Ethan Broga, alongside Ken Smith. Uh, entering our third segment, uh, segment of today. And uh, Ken, for today, right now, you're going to dive into uh, further discussions on the retirement, I recall. Yeah, we were just talking, uh, Jason Zweigen had this article that um, he's referencing a study uh, called A Pension Promise to Oneself. And... Um, you know the the two authors of this study, Steve, Stephen Sexar and Lawrence Siegel, and I apologize if I didn't get that correctly pronounced. There, uh, they did this. They published a, a, a about a twenty page report here, and what they came up with is they said, you know, to be assured that you have enough money to fund a comfortable retirement, you should have about twenty two times the annual income you want to earn when you retire. Uh, and that's a lot higher than what a lot of previous guidelines or estimates uh, were. 
But it offers, if you do that, you have a near certainty, and again, this is according to, to Stephen and Lawrence here, a near certainty of hitting your target. So the example they give you, that I just thought we could run through these numbers. I got a little spreadsheet I built, a little okay. compound calculator. <laughs> if you want this calculator, you can run your own numbers. Um, it just is in an Excel, so you can manipulate it and do some things that maybe on a web-based calculator you don't have. I put some cool features on it. Mm-hmm. If you want it, email me, ksmith at empirical.net. I'd be happy to shoot you a copy of this empirical compounding slash savings calculator that we built. But uh, let's run these numbers here. So he's saying if you want $100,000, uh, not counting your Social Security, so just say you want to have a, an extra $100,000, then 22 times that would put you at $2 million you'd want to have in today's dollars sitting in a retirement savings account. And he says, you know what, you can hit that number if you're prudent and willing to save like mad. Um, so I thought I'd run that number just to put that in perspective. And in their study, one of the things that they're doing, which is interesting, Ethan, is they're using a very, very low-rate investment, a very conservative uh, investment return. So part of it they use during retirement, for example, uh, they may use a 0% real return. So meaning you're buying, you're accumulating enough money so that when you reach your retirement age, and here we'll just use 65, that you go out and buy inflation-protected uh, treasury securities. So basically, if you'll track those securities will track along with whatever inflation is. Mm-hmm. So you've got enough money, and so in a 20, uh, if you were going to live to 100, um, let's say you had a, a 40-year period of time, you know, you're drawing down that that money, you know, because you're losing purchasing power. I mean, you're, if you're just getting the inflation right, but you're pulling out every year, you're not living off the interest right. in the study. So let's just start with the basic premise, though. I, got, I need to get $2.2 million into an account. Well, according to my numbers, and I'll start with just what, what we might use in a typical plan as, a, as an estimate. Say, say you invested you know, in Ethan's Greatest Ideas portfolio. And the combination of Ethan's Greatest Ideas yielded you a juicy 8% nominal rate of return. (laughs) This is purely hypothetical. Purely hypothetical. (laughs) I would expect Ethan's Greatest Ideas to do significantly better better than that. (laughs) But Ethan's Greatest Idea Fund has 8%, and we experience a 3% rate of inflation. So we need to get $2.2 million in today's dollars. So we have to account for what the inflated number would be, right? Well, if that were the case, um, and you had a, if you were 25 and we said, well, we're going to retire when we're 65, that means you've got a 40-year period of time to get that amount of money built up. You need to put about $1,500 a month in month in and month out into the Ethan's Greatest Ideas portfolio in order to get that $2.2 million that you need to retire in today's dollars. Does that make sense? I think so. Are you following me now? I think I follow you. And we're basing that on someone who wants $100,000 in retirement, right? Mm -hmm. So if you said, hey, um, and this can be a separate debate, Ethan, altogether, um, but for someone who said, well, what does that 100000 represent? 
Is it 70% of my retirement, my pre-retirement income? Um, is it 100%? So let's say you're making 100000 today. Mm-hmm. Well, you'd be need, you'd, your annual amount of savings for, if we averaged it um, starting today, that $1,532 a month approximately, you'd need $18,389. you would need me socking that away year in and year out for 40 years to get that $2.2 million in today's dollars. And that represents about an 18% savings rate. Okay. If you were making a hundred thousand, right? So in my case, I'm just using that as a starting place to say, "Hey, I'd like to have a hundred thousand in retirement per year." I'm just saying that because somebody might be sitting there going, "Well, I'm making a hundred now, and I'm not going to rely on Social Security, or if I get that, that's separate." Mm-hmm. That's an eighteen percent rate. But if if you were only making fifty thousand, and you wanted eight, you know, a hundred, you're going to be saving double that amount. Um, so the real question is, can you get, it doesn't seem to me that it's, it's beyond reason in terms of saving that where it gets weird is if you, instead of investing in Ethan's best ideas, you got Ethan's worst ideas portfolio. And in their analysis, right, they're using a very low rate of return or none on a real basis. So we got that 3% inflation rate. What if I took the the uh, portfolio put in Ethan's worst ideas, and I only got 5% nominal return. Well, here's where it's going to get weird. Now you need to put in $3,000 a month, um, or if you were making a $100,000 annual salary, and same thing if you're making $50,000 and you want to have $50,000 in future dollars, mm-hmm. right? You're just going to put in, if you're making $50,000 and you say, hey, I want that when I retire, and I have an entire 40 years to do this, I'm going to have to sock away 37% of my income, if that's the case. Unless my income is increasing at a much greater pace than inflation to get there. So I think that's what, when he's saying, hey, you really got to, you'd have to put in a a lot, right? Willing to save like mad. Yeah, sure. Um, And, you know, I think in the paper, they go on to talk about, well, I think... um, I think that they think that a lot of people can do this, you know, that, that people can save more. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure that's possible, sure. Yeah, yeah, How much more? I don't know, though. I mean, the average savings right now for, for folks in the United States is, is still pretty low. It's better than it was maybe uh, six or seven years ago. But it's still single digits, right? It's low single digits, I think. Yeah. So it definitely take a, 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 big, a big change uh, to do that. On mass, anyway, it's a lot, and I think yeah. um, I think doing something is significantly better than what a lot of people have done, which is nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is assuming you start twenty-five. You could the earlier you start, and I've ran these numbers. Let me just run this down for you, Ethan. If we use those same conservative numbers of the, I'm buying Ethan's worst idea portfolio, and I'm getting. Five percent, then we have a three percent inflation rate. But let's just say I don't have forty years, full years to save that amount of money. If we use their rule of twenty-two, right? Mm-hmm. And I have twenty-two times what my income is. Well, if if I only had thirty years because I goofed around and now I'm thirty-five and I'm just starting to get to uh, saving, um, I'm going to have to put in forty-five hundred dollars per month to get to that target. 
that's $54,000 a year or 54% of if I was making $100,000. That's a pretty big chunk of money, amigo. Yeah. Um, again, let's, let's do this exercise one more time. Let's say we really screwed up and we didn't, we didn't have, uh, now we're, we're, we've got 20 years to save. We need to get $7,500 a month into an account. And if we did that, we're 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 saving ninety percent of our hundred. <laughs> I don't know a lot of people who are going to be willing to do that. It's pretty unrealistic. Um, so you can see the effect that, and starting early has on what you need to save. Sure, you got to get going early on this. Um, now, do you believe? I don't know how you feel about these these investment returns. Certainly, that's where they're saying, "Hey, there, if you did this, you'd have a near certain certainty that you will you will hit your target." Yeah, um, because you're really not relying on any major return to get the you know a two percent real return. That's right. Um, but and for a lot of people, are they willing to sacrifice that? And that's what my my one what I wonder. Um, sacrificing enjoying. Things right now, going out to eat, watching movies, mm-hmm. you know, eating food, things like that, <laughs> having a place to stay. Right. Um, how much of that are, are we willing to sacrifice uh, in hope of not running out of money for the last 40 years of our life? Yeah, I mean, that's tough. Tough choices, right? I mean, uh, looking at this this article by, by Jason here, the, the two, $2.2 million to support the one hundred thousand dollars of spending in retirement is a four point five percent rate or withdrawal rate, if you will. Um, that just assumes you, you want to have the, the two point two at, at death, I suppose. Too, um, yeah, I would say, boy, that's pretty darn. Over time, you you'd be able to support that through time, you know, in, in retirement. I'm guessing for a long, long period, probably, particularly if you're willing to go into principal. Uh, in this case, but clearly, the the more the earlier you start saving, the better. No question about that. Um, and clearly, the higher the rate of return, the easier that is. Any of the things where what I'm, I'm not clear on here is is the tax impact, right? Um, you know where where you're saving that amount of money, um, because most qualified plans right now, if you're just participating in a 401k, you're not able to put fifty four thousand dollars in as an employee, right? Right. At, at age twenty five, yeah, no. that's that's not happening. Which means you, you'll be putting that money um, somewhere where there'll be some tax drag. Um, and when you, even though you might get a deduction now, if you are putting it in, when you start pulling that money out, there'll be some taxes due. Sure. So we need to figure out, is the 100000 an annual gross number? And, and where, are we, where are we? There's some, there's some more difficult uh, calculations that need to be done. But uh, why don't we take a quick break, Ethan, while you simmer on that? And we'll come back, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, determining what type of income you do need in retirement. Sounds good. We'll be right back on Empirical Investing Radio. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. 
or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait. They just go for it. Vultures hang around until the lions are finished and just pick up the scraps. How can you set yourself apart as a lion? Join the other aspiring sales lions and listen to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with host Ty Maynard. You'll learn the tips and strategies of top sales professionals. You'll gain more clients at a faster rate and at higher margins. If you're a sales professional, business owner, or executive, listen in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right, welcome back. Uh Miracle Investing Radio. Your host here, Ethan Broga, alongside Ken Smith. Just, uh, just you guys talking about retirement right now. Uh, kicking around an article by Jason Zweig. And uh, Ken, we're just talking about how to support or wh- whether this works or not in, in the context of their, the article here. The $2.2 million supporting $100,000 of withdrawal. Um, just mentally running, running the math here, we, we determined that, uh, boy, you're going to run out of money in about 22 years. And it looks like they're filling the gap how here. Well, if you think, um, I'm just reading through it, if you, the way that they're looking at it is a traditional pension plan um, sets enough money aside to guarantee a steady income for retirement workers for the rest of their lives. You rec- if you were to establish that in your own name, basically, and call it your own pension, how would you manage it so it wouldn't come up short? And uh, their idea is, well, you consistently fund it with ample savings, invest patiently in low risk, Assets and structure the payouts to provide steady income during a long retirement. Um, now they say, well, some pension plans have come up short. It's only because they promised too much and set aside too little. Um, and I think that's true. A lot of the pension funds, one of their downfalls were they assumed very naively for professionals that they should have running these, but they took periods where we were having high stock market returns and projected those into the future at much higher rates than they should have. Sure. Meaning that they were then required to put in less to fund those pensions. Yes, exactly. When the when the returns didn't materialize and they didn't have the money to put in, there's a problem there. Um, so if you are investing for yourself, you don't do yourself a whole lot of good assuming, hey, I'm going to get 20% a year on my stock return. Let me calculate out how much I need to put in. That probably wouldn't be the greatest idea. 
assuming a zero rate of return might be a little bit real rate of return might be a little bit too conservative in my view. Sure. And you might be making some sacrifices to your current lifestyle. Yeah. Um, again, at, at some level of savings rate, it, it, it may be too uh, difficult or burdensome to enjoy your current life. You know, I, I think there's a balance. Of, hey, I want to, I want to get some rate of return. Yeah. And I think we've got some answers for you there that that say, hey, over this forty-year period that we're looking pre-retirement, and then we've got another forty years potentially. Mm-hmm. It's right on the second page. It says many people working are likely today, right, are likely to live to 100 or 105, one of the study um, Stephen said. So if you're working 40 years from your mid-20s to 65, you ought to plan on accumulating enough to last for 40 years. So how did they get to this number of 22? As they're multiple, they're saying, let's say you earn 150000 a year and you believe you can live well with two-thirds of that. Uh, so that's where you get a hundred hundred thousand, and I got some articles here, but I don't know if we'll have time to go through them. But well, what what is it? The the percentage of of pre retirement income you need in post retirement, and it varies from anywhere from fifty percent to a hundred percent, depending on the study and also depending on the person. Mm-hmm. Um, but most people find they can live on you know less than their their pre retirement income. Sure. Um, even after accounting for the additional health care expenses that we, we all will incur as we get older. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the ideas that they have here is that you take the Treasury impl- inflated uh, protected security, inflation protected, and that way you're, you're preserving your purchasing power. You'll get your raise each year in, throughout retirement by whatever the inflation rate is. So if you had a rate then of zero because you're just taking it to get the inflation adjustment, you have $2 million and you buy those tips, well, that would allow you to draw $100,000 out for a 20-year period. Now, take you from 65, right? We're up to age 85. Well, they're saying take the other $200,000. I've seen this in other pension scenarios, some of the work that's being done um, from Dimensional, one of, one of their guys is mm-hmm. working on but you take the other 200 and you purchase a deferred life annuity up front. So you take the 200, it's got 20 years to grow, and then it, at age 85, uh, it should generate a payout that you need that would cover you for the rest of your life so you wouldn't run out of money. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, which isn't a bad idea because by the time you know, you're 85, when you annuitize it, you, got a pretty good, a pretty good, you get a good, pretty good deal on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how they they get those those numbers or that that math. Um, yeah, and they do that without any any real market risk, there, right? You're investing in tips, and then a guaranteed contract that pays you at eighty to eighty five, hundred thousand bucks a year for the rest of your life, however long that is. I think the real eye opener here is when you run these numbers and you say this this works great when you have the ability and the time to invest, but I, I, I'm going to have to read a little deeper into the uh, paper about why they believe that people you know, would be willing to save in excess of 50 or 60% of their income. Sure. Um, that does seem a little unre- unreasonable. Well, I, I think a good start, if we could get everyone saving 
20% of their income, that would be a dramatic, I think, improvement in terms of saving towards retirement. Yeah, yeah. Not just saving because well, we went through a crisis and the people are temporarily saving more and trying to pay down debt, but mm-hmm. as a general course of their entering their career and, and developing their financial well-being, that that, that becomes a, a minim, minimum threshold. I think we that would be great strides towards um, solving the problem that we have where 70% of people are not prepared to retire mm-hmm. or not on on course on track sure so that rethinking um there was another article that linked out of this it was rethink your retirement income and we got some time so i, th- I thought maybe we no, let's talk do it. about that okay, you're saying 50 to 100 percent well now you've got some numbers to chew on and again if you want that you want the the calculator i have here you can run your own numbers um i'd be happy to email it to you but now you've got an idea that, geez, if I if I do want to have two point two million, if I said I need twenty two times, as a, if you're using that as a rule of thumb, I need twenty two times whatever amount I want today as a guideline, and you use some pretty conservative uh, investment returns. You know you need to be saving a pretty good clip, right? And in this case, if you're twenty five, you need to be saving. Um, and th- those were the numbers: three thousand dollars. If you want that hundred thousand dollar income, if you want fifty, and you need to be saving fifteen hundred a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what? But what? Where is that hundred thousand really a reasonable? I mean, what if your people can be in all different spectrums of where their income is? Sure. And so, this article is rethink your retirement income. Are you saving too much? Here's a look uh, beyond the formulas. And um, this is by Kelly Green, the Wall Street Journal. It was uh, the only hard and fast rule for how retirement income, how much you will need is that there is no hard and fast rule. And that's been more of my experience, by the way. Everyone has their own unique idea. Yep. You know how you feel? You I would agree. Lots of people. There isn't one, one thing that works for everybody, that's for darn sure. The financial industry's typical rule of thumb states that Retirees need to save enough to be able to replace 75 to 85% of their pre-retirement income every year after they stop working um, isn't really useful for most people or many people. I think we need to take one more break, if I'm not mistaken, Ethan. And uh, I think it's going to be the last one for the show. We're this is done. it. This is it. Our work is done here. It, it flew by, didn't it? Yeah, I was having so much. We'll, we'll start next week with that done. Okay. Thanks for tuning in to Empirical Investing Radio, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.